Welcome back to the musical Tapestry of Texas, past and present. This is Dennis Huffman here live at the Fat Cat Lounge. In this episode, we're going to do something completely different. Instead of the usual music history vignette and interview, today I'm going to look back at the year 2022 in music and give you some suggestions of good albums that you may uh, have missed out on. If you've attempted to listen to commercial radio in the last few decades, it's really easy to come to the conclusion that everything out there is total crap and that they just don't make good music anymore. Though unfortunately that may be true for a lot of popular music being created and marketed for teenagers, it simply isn't true for all music. With just a little digging, you can discover a treasure trove of incredible, meaningful music in all sorts of genres. Every year I sift through about 50 to 100 albums that are highly recommended by various sources I respect, and I make a Spotify playlist of all my favorite songs from each album. This year I decided to expand that effort and discuss here on the podcast some of the cool things in each genre that I discovered, and give you a little small excerpt from some of the most interesting songs. No one will probably like everything I'm discussing here, as everybody has their own individual taste, but the hope is that you can find a couple of artists that you might want to hear a lot more from, or hear some new music by artists that you've already liked, but haven't kept up with for a while. So, enough of the intro, let's just get into some music. The rock and roll has been declared dead over and over again. I found a nice selection of traditional rock albums that show it's still alive and kicking. Some of the old veterans like Elvis Costello and Bruce Springsteen came out with some interesting new releases. Bruce actually made an album of cool soul music covers that sounds amazing. He was really inspired by this music growing up, and he remakes some of the lesser-known classics here. Check out this version of Do I Love You? Indeed I Do. There was a big push in bluesy roots rock with the Black Keys, newcomer Marcus King, and Jack White of the White Stripes releasing some hard-driving albums. Jack White's Fear of the Dawn is one of my favorite albums of the year. If you like Seven Nation Army, then this is the record for you with its fuzzy, ridiculously distorted guitar stomps. This is a fun record. Check out the single, Taking Me Back. A lot of other familiar names released some cool music, but in a different vehicle than was expected. Eddie Vedder of Pearl Jam released a nice solo album. Tom York and guitarist Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead released a side project called The Smile that ranks up there uh, with some of their best recent work. Even Alex Lifeson of Rush formed a new band that sounds far away from Rush as you can possibly get, blending a young female singer, lots of synths, and some very muted guitar riffs by Alex. He said that after all those years in Rush, he's tired of playing those long extended solos and he just wants to serve the song. The band is called Envy of None. And here's a cut from the song, Never Said I Love You. I'm not afraid to 
Muse had another eccentric Queen meets Mannheim Steamroller record, but my favorite of this genre has to be the new one by Austin's own Spoon. Their new record, Lucifer on the Sofa, is one of their best. The title track is an homage to rambling late at night through Austin with really delicate keyboards and a lonely sax countered by the driving guitars and drums. Listen to that here. experience another surge in popularity again as countless artists have shared their take on this hundred-year-old genre. I was really impressed by the new release by Eric Gales. It has some blistering fretwork and was produced by John Bonamassa. Tedeschi Trucks Band uh, released four five-song EPs that make up a 20-song mega album. Uh, this one song, Pasaquan, sounds like a lost Allman Brothers jam from Live at Fillmore East. See what you think. of our own Fat Cat bands release some critically acclaimed music as well. Kathy and the Kilowatts have a lot of blues chart success with their album Fully Charged. It's a great blend of their classic blues style with a little extra punch from the Texas horns. Canadian blues rocker now Austin resident Gary Kane's album Next Stop got a lot of buzz and rose up the blue charts as well. Listen to his rousing kitchen sink to hear why he's considered one of the rising stars on the blues circuit. Still, the reigning king of the blues has to be Buddy Guy, and his new album is an age-defying statement that shows he's still on top. He follows the same pattern that he and producer Tom Hambridge views now over a decade. Uh, he starts off with this crazy incendiary guitar romp, then mixes in a bunch of diverse guest vocals from Mavis Staples to Elvis Costello, Bobby Rush to James Taylor. He mixes in a few chilled-out blues ballads, and he waits for his Grammy nomination. It's already worked twice. Here's the 86-year-old wailing on... I let my guitar do the talking. I left Louisiana some 16 years ago. 
ticket to sweet old Chicago. Every type of music has been blurred as genres and subgenres tend to overlap and crossbreed, but country music seems to be where this is getting the most confusing. There's traditional country that we all grew up with that's getting sort of a revival, but it's dwarfed by the mega hits of this country pop movement aimed at younger audiences filled with catchy hooks about partying or lost love. This is what you're going to hear on the radio. Besides that, there are artists labeled Americana or modern folk or roots revival, even bluegrass. Though a few of these artists can get played on major radio, there's a rich bounty of quality songwriting and sincere vocal performances out there. Let's review some of the best from all of these groups this year. Now, I don't really get into mainstream country music, uh, but I do try to listen to some of the best in every genre. And Miranda Lambert's Palomino was one of the most popular and respected albums in this group. Marin Morris had another nice record that straddles that line between country and pop. Charlie Crockett, is a nice throwback to the more traditional sound, but his weaker voice and songwriting just won't have you ditching your Johnny Cash records anytime soon. Willie Nelson, on the other hand, just keeps putting out more and more great records, and his new album, A Beautiful Time, is just amazing. On it, he honors the death of his sister, Bobby, and ponders death and life and his own legacy. It's just a really, really nice listen. But probably the best pure country record I heard this year has to be Ashley McBride Presents Lindaville. This is a hilarious yet insightful look at the crazy characters in this small, fictitious town. Every song has a slew of great musical guests and exposes some hidden storyline from this bizarre but believable little town. Look at the titles of some of these songs. Brenda Put Your Bra On, Jesus Jenny, Gospel Night at the Strip Club, The Dandelion Diner, and one of the best is If These Dogs Could Talk. This is one of the most interesting albums of the year. Just listen to the first cut about Brenda and her friend at the trailer park going outside to watch what happens when their neighbor finally gets caught cheating on his wife. Brenda, put your bra on, there's trouble next door. Grab a pack of cigarettes and meet me on the porch. Marvin, baby, mom about to catch him with a whore. Brenda, put your bra on. Bra on, bra on. I knew she shouldn't have let that bitch watch her, baby. I used to work with her at the Crystal. She always got them good shifts just cause she had good tits and cut her shirts off at the middle. If you slide over a bit to the more raw, stripped down version of Country Americana Spectrum, you'll find Zach Bryan. He put out an album with 34 songs over two hours of music. And I'm sure that was a goldmine to his fans, but it made a bulky, inconsistent listen for, you know, casual music fans. Uh, still, it was a big hit. Uh, my favorite track wasn't one of the huge singles, but a little song he did called Tisha Mingo that kind of recalled some early Mumford and Sons. Check it out. A lonely road for way too long, so won't you pray for me tonight? I've been heading down a dark, cold road. I've been dreaming of you by my side, praying I can get myself back home. Other albums in Americana that were highly touted came from Ethel Kane, Amanda Shires, Angel Olsen. A lot of these artists have been experimenting with other genres and blurring those lines even further. 
alternative rock slash country band Wilco jumped into the mix with their album called Cruel Country, which kind of owes more to Graham Parsons and George Jones. But still, it's a very pleasant listen. Uh, probably the best of this bunch is Amanda Shires. I give a listen to her song, Two Empty Cups. Just really, really nice. In the 90s, the name alternative music got so overused, it was hard to see what it was an alternative to. It actually became the mainstream music as grunge and college radio, REM, and uh, you know, later alt-rock bands took over the radio. Things have sort of corrected a bit, and so alternative bands now are categorized by all these dozens of subgenres like indie rock, lo-fi, modern folk, post-punk, and, and many, many more. Still, this is a place to find some really, really good music where the bands are more concerned about their artistic statements than commercial mainstream success. Some of the alternative veterans like the Arctic Monkeys, Suede, Robin Hitchcock, even Death Cab for Cutie have released some very critically acclaimed albums this year, but many of the younger crop had a bigger influence. Black Road's New Country had an incredible sophomore album with a subgenre called Chamber Pop. Though there's nothing pop about these dark, complex songs, listen to The Place Where He Inserted the Blade. Post-punk Irish band Fontaine's DC had another great record called Skinty Fia. They specialize in inviting you to visit a dark, gritty, alienating world of their own. Here's I Love You. The Red Hot Chili Peppers used to be alternative before blowing up in the 90s. They released two different albums this year that could have fit right into that era. They sound familiar and almost comforting, but have more of a world-weary wisdom to them that shows they're not the street punks they used to be. 
There are a slew of crazy new bands like Soul Glow, Dry Cleaning, Yard Act, and Jockstrap that all have really intense, diverse post-punk albums showing that this genre is still evolving. They can be hard listens for the casual music fan, but if you like edgier new music, listen to some of the songs I've added on the Spotify playlist that I've attached to this podcast. By far my favorite album of the year, though, was an infectiously fun debut by female duo Wet Leg. Like the best of the 80s new wave, they are weird in a chic way. They're very danceable, very witty, with songs that describe the joys of sitting on a, on a chaise lounge, shopping, and making fun of social media hipsters. Listen to the propulsive drive of Wet Dream. You want to come home with me? I got Buffalo 66 on The other major groups of albums that came out uh, came from a wide variety of female artists. There's pop divas like Taylor Swift and Charlie XCX and, and R&B superstars like Beyonce. Her, her record Renaissance was one of the most successful, critically acclaimed uh, albums, very commercially successful as well. Uh, it's okay to me, but I just wish the girl would sing a simple melody. She has a beautiful voice and she just does all these vocal gymnastics and ridiculous runs. Just sing the song. A nice example of the power and beauty of simply sung melodies comes from a band like Big Thief. See how you can hear the frailty and emotion seeping out of this song. It's called Change. As you are always on my mind Could I feel happy for you When I hear you talk with her Some girl groups or girl-led groups like Always and Florence and the Machine also released some really great material, especially the latter's twisted ode to mass choreography called Dance Fever. The best album in this broad category, though, has to be the new release by Wise Blood. Her last album, Titanic Rising, placed her a notch above all the other contemporaries like Lord and Lana Del Rey, some of those other dream pop matrons. Her new album, though, sets her Karen Carpenter meets Joni Mitchell voice into new ethereal heights that are just lush and textured, heavily orchestrated with strings and choral background singers. Here's It's Not Just Me, It's Everyone. hip-hop check out the new kendrick lamar as he still stands above most other rappers out there today i like the new album by the weekend if the if you're into more mainstream pop and there are a few other albums that don't really fit into neat little categories there's some interesting international records if you, if you like reggaeton or latin electro pop then check out bad bunny or rosalia not really my style but you know it's interesting 
Far more engaging for me, though, is a singer from Mexico called Natalia Laforcade. She blends jazz with traditional Latin rhythms, classical arrangements. If you ever wonder what Haley Tuck would sound like if she sang in Spanish, this is the album for you. Check this out. Another genre-defying album came from FKJ, which stands for French Kiwi Juice. My son turned me on to these guys, and they are just too good to ignore. It's jazzy, but mixed in with a little electronica and some dreamy samples. Perfect for late-night cocktails or early Sunday mimosas. I also like the new album by Odessa. It, it's electro dance based, but very, very chilled out. And the guest vocalists add a layer of soulfulness and warmth that's just often lacking in club music. Here's The Last Goodbye with guest Betty Levette. to give a final nod to the new album by Father John Misty. Like Wiseblood, he is just taking his music to another level every time he comes out with a new album. His songs sound hauntingly fresh and familiar at the same time. This holds true as he borrows heavily from Harry Nilsson's Everybody's Talking on the song Goodbye, Mr. Blue. The song is a reflective exploration of our own mortality, noting that you'll never know when something will be the last time you ever do that in your life. He's brooding on this as he and his wife mourn the death of their beloved cat, Mr. Blue. This may be the last time, the last time I'll lay here with you. Mm-hmm. Do you swear it's not the cat? You don't have to answer that, I'll just make do. But maybe if he'd gone soon It could have brought us back together last June mm-hmm. When the last time was our last time If only then I knew the 
Last time was our last time Would have told you that the last time comes too soon So, that's my take on this year in music. I know that's a lot to take in. I added a Spotify playlist of all the songs discussed here and much, much more on the description in the podcast. Go through the list and try to find something new that touches you in some way. I also wanted to note that I do most of my research on a website called albumoftheyear.com that goes to all the trouble to collect hundreds of album reviews from some of the biggest critics in music, all the best of year lists from all the different magazines. And it just collates all that info into one big aggregated list. It's not definitive though, as it tends to feature just the critical darlings while leaving out some really, really good blues and soul and Americana and some of the other uh, smaller genres. I also check out the Roots Music Review for their list of top albums in all those other kinds of genres. Well, thanks again for taking this deep dive in today's new music and stay tuned for this podcast as another episode is coming very soon. Thanks.